Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged and empowered by this week's message and you would encounter God wherever you're listening from. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now, let's go into this week's message. Praise God, you can be seated. Good to be with you today and uh, to have today to speak into the life of what you're doing. And I just need to apologise to um, Pastor Joe already because she may never tell the story, but I took uh, your youngest daughter out in worship today. Um, it was such beautiful worship. There came a moment where I decided to fling my arms up and worship right at the moment as little Chloe's head came past. I don't know how bad she's injured. I kissed her head. I said, sorry about that. But it was one of those moments. So just warn your kids to be careful of penty preachers, all right? Because when we, when we worship, I was like going into a full worship and a little head got in the way. But I think she's all right. I don't think there's any concussion. So apologies. I just want to be transparent. That happened. It was me. She's not lying over dinner when she tells you that story. It's a joy to be with you and uh, just a pleasure to be with you today. We honour you guys and the journey that you've taken and the exciting moment that you're now in. It's good to see Laura. We uh, built a great friendship on the other side of the ocean and I'm loving that you're here now. That's fantastic. That's great, isn't it? I'm so glad that we've got some time together tonight because the worst thing for a preacher, not one of those preachers that just pulls messages out of filing cabinets, the ones that are listening to heaven, is sometimes you can be in a moment and you've got a word that the Lord's given you and then all of a sudden you come into a pre-meeting that's actually like a full meeting. I don't know if you've ever been in the pre-prayer meeting. I'm like, do we go for dinner now? I thought we were done. I thought we just did church and uh, that was just warming up. But in the middle of that, God dropped something in my heart and I was like, no, Lord. You gave me something to come. But now there's other words burning in my heart. Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? That's how I spent worship. Is it this? Is it that? But I, I think I'm okay. But my joy is that I get another opportunity tonight to share what God dropped on my heart. But I want to speak to you as a church family today, if that's okay, in the season that you're in. Um, but I was hearing something at the beginning of this year and I can't stop hearing it. So I've got a bit of a prophetic word, but it's for you as a church, but also for you as individuals. We know that the church is made up of individuals, right? The church is not a building. We have buildings, praise God. <clears throat> the church is not a meeting. We have meetings, but the church is people. People called out of darkness into his wonderful light. People who were once sinners, who are now saints. People that belong to him, amen. And we know that the church is a community of people like this community of people. And we know that God has got a plan. Amen. God has plans for what he's doing. And I began to hear for you as a community of people that it's vital that you know what season you're in. Because what's happening right now is we are in a new season. Anybody glad that the lockdown season is over? L listen, I need to say to a few people, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Listen, if you still want to wear lockdown slippers, that's so last season. It's now time to put on some trainers because the word I'm hearing over you and over me and over people that are just wanting to do something for God is it's time to run. It's time to run. It's time to run. It's time to run. Not just run. Here comes the good bit. It's time to run your best lap yet. We've all got laps that we've run. If you've been saved 30 years, two years, 20 years, we've all got previous laps that we've run. But we need to set our hearts that this next one is going to be the best lap yet. So this is a word for you as a church, but also to you as individuals. It's time to run your best lap yet. 
Now, COVID was an interesting season, and I think in a few years, we'll actually see that in that season of lockdown, we actually lost some stuff that we needed to lose. Because you can't kill the spirit. It was only the flesh that died in lockdown. And the church that's coming out of lockdown is a church that's lost its flesh. That which was sustained and originated by the flesh has died. But you can't kill the spirit. You can't kill the spirit. And the church that's coming out of that season that we knew is a church that's spiritually alive. She's ready to go with people that are ready to change the world. Apparently, there's one million people in England that haven't yet returned to church. Isn't that outrageous? Isn't that astounding? But actually, I'm really excited because the ones who have are not complacent, not apathetic, not wearing their slippers, and they're ready to see God do something in our nation in this moment that's no longer lockdown. So I want to encourage you today, if you're still wearing lockdown slippers, so last season, it says in the book of Chronicles, it speaks of the men of Issachar. And I love this statement. It says, and the men of Issachar or the people of Issachar knew the season they were in, but also what they were needed to do. And we need to be like the sons of Issachar that know what season we're in. And we know what we need to do. What season are we in? We're not in lockdown anymore. We're now in season when the doors are open. What do we need to do? We need to come out with a run. You know, when I think of a man in lockdown, I think of Joseph. He had a lockdown, didn't he? But he didn't stay locked down. Now, think of that moment with Joseph. <clears throat> Joseph, he's, he's in lockdown. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's in a prison cell. That's lockdown. He's walking around and people have falsely accused him. Anyone ever had that? I've had some of that. And he's walking around going, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. But yet he's in prison for things he never did. He's in lockdown. But lockdown wasn't in him. Because I believe the whole moment that he was in lockdown, he was getting fit for when the door opened. You see, it's interesting being a church pastor, seeing people's responses to that season of lockdown that was truly unprecedented. You had some people that just disappeared. They were never seen again. We've got wanted posters out for people. We just want to know if they're okay. It just were no more. And then there were other Christians that went into pause and took 18 months off and came out no different to what they went in. But then there's a bunch of believers, and I believe we've got some of them in the room today, that actually in that moment where things changed for a moment, they continued to press into God. They continued to stay connected to the church. They continued to dig in. For you, I want to say, you've got to know the door's open. It's time to run. And when I get that picture of Joseph in the prison cell, I see other people in the prison cell. I see uh, Johnny in the corner in the prison cell that's quit. He's gone fetal. He's sucking this. <laughs> He's just lost the plot. There's another one crying. It's all gone wrong. But in the middle, I see Joseph walking around. I don't know when, but that door's going to open. I don't know when that door's going to And when that door opens, I'm going to be ready for that moment. That, that's how I felt. That door's going to open. Originally, it was four weeks. There goes four weeks. Now it's six months. Now that door's opening. And I really believe that Joseph was in the corner of a prison cell doing spiritual press-ups. As others were in the corner going, it's all gone wrong. It's all gone wrong. He was going, hoo, 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 hoo. getting his press-ups ready because he knew there was a moment. He didn't know when, he didn't know the hour, but he knew that there was a moment when that door was going to open. And when that door opened, he was coming out. How can we make this Christian? Not like a bat out of hell, like a dove out of heaven. He was coming out. He said, when that door opens, like a dove out of heaven, I'll be gone when the morning comes. I'm coming out. I, I'm going to be warmed up. I'm going to be ready. And I'm coming out ready to run. I'm not going to come out in COVID slippers going, well, let's get back in the swing. No, I'm coming out in the swing. And we get that incredible moment. We read about it in Genesis 41, where you see Joseph walking around going, I don't know when, but that door's going to open. Why is it going to open? Because God gave me a promise and I haven't seen the promise come to pass yet. Which means you could put me in a prison, but you'll never take my vision. You can put me in a pit, but I'm never going to quit. Word. <laughs> Word. You, you, you can put me in a pit, but I'm never going to. I'm turning into a rapper. What is it about this place? 
You can put me in a prison. You'll never take my vision. Word. He said, I haven't seen the dream come to pass yet. I had a dream that I'd be leading a nation. I haven't seen it yet. So this prison can't hold me. I don't want your slippers that go with the prison. I'm going to keep my Issachar trainers on. Thank you very much. Because I'm not reclining. I'm getting ready to sprint. And this moment comes when all of a sudden he's walking around the prison. You've got the guy sucking his thumb in the corner. He's walking. I don't know when and I don't know. But all of a sudden he hears a sound. Click, click, click. And he hears the door and he says, it's time. It's time. Would you like to bring you back? I don't want to bring nothing with me from that season. And they take him because a God incidence was taking part that didn't make sense to him the whole time he was in the prison. The moment had come where things aligned, where a cupbearer stood before a national leader after forgetting the man that helped him for many years. Suddenly he's in a moment where a man has had a dream and his wise men can't interpret the dream. And by chance, a cupbearer is standing in front of him and says, I know a man who can interpret that dream. They said, send for him. So they sent for him, the door opened, he washed and he came before the king. He came before the leader of the nation And they said, we heard that you can interpret. He said, I can't interpret nothing, but the God that I represent can. And he suddenly gives an interpretation to the leader's dream that by the end of the day has taken him from a prison cell to being second in charge in the nation, only under the leader himself. That's fast speed. That's fast furious. That's Vin Diesel, baby. That's moving at a rate of knots that you needed to be ready for. But he was ready because he wasn't asleep in lockdown. He was doing push-ups. I know that door's going to open. My friends, the door is open and God is speaking over you. This is a season to run. Thank God for the last few years of ramp where you came and had boots on the ground and you had to give a season to establishing the structure of the work. You had to gather a few people, then gather a few more. You had to bring a culture into position to achieve the things that God wanted to do. It's a new day. It's time to run. It's time to realise Today's commission is yesterday's submission. It's time for you to realise that the commission of God on you now is the answer to the submission of God you've made over the last five years. And heaven is speaking over you. It's time to run. It's time to run. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to get on the track, first of all, because it's rubbish running if you're not on the track. That's kind of stupid. That's like everybody that goes to a football match and they think they're playing, but they're sitting in a chair screaming advice. (laughs) If you're going to run a race, you've got to be on the track. But if you're going to run a good race, you've got to be in the right lane. You've got to understand that God is giving us a race to run right now. And what has marked out our race is simple. Save the lost, make disciples. Let's keep it simple. Let's let that which died in the lockdown stay dead. Let's focus as a church on what matters to God. Let's reach the lost. Let's make disciples. Let's be led, filled by the Holy Spirit. Let's just concentrate on those three things. Now, I love reading when I talk about races, different verses in the Bible. Paul would use an analogy of an athlete often to make a point. But I love what I read in Hebrews 12. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, feel free to open them up. In Hebrews 12, it says in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us now throw off everything that hinders and every sin that so easily entangles. And let us now run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, ran his race, endured the cross, scorned its shame, and is now sat down at the right-hand side of God. I love those verses because, number one, it speaks of those who went before us. How those who look over the balcony of heaven ran their race. They had their moment. 
They ran their race. Then it speaks of Jesus and it says, he ran his race. He went to the cross. He's our pace setter. But now it's time for us to take our place on the track of God's intentions. And as a church, say, God, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. But also as an individual, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run, God. I'm ready to run. Because as individuals purpose in their heart to run for God, actually as a church, you run at the same time. Because we're a church made up of people, not bricks. Amen. So we've got to understand that when we look at the analogies of running, the first step we all have to take is make sure that we're not in the spectator block, the bleachers, watching others on the track. And we need to make sure that our life is on the track of what our church is doing. Everyone's got a part to play. Paul uses the body to give that analogy. We know that message. But also we've got to make sure that everyone's in the right lane. Because if we fight over what lane we want, we're not really going to win anything. And you may say, well, I don't like this lane. I want his lane. No, no, he's in his lane. You stick in your lane. And let's get this race done. But also then Hebrews opens up that you've got to make sure you haven't got baggage that slows you down but also sins that can persist or or grip you and prevent you running successfully. So simple, but it's genius. God's saying to us now, make sure every follower of me, every person that calls themselves a believer is on the track, out of sit and watch, not in a prison time anymore, but on the track, in the right lane, We're looking at the track marked out for us. We've got to do everything we can. This world is falling apart by the minute and we have the answer. We need to come out running, preaching a gospel that changes a person's life and discipling them into the life that they want to be. Everyone has a part in that. But I love it. It says get rid of baggage. It's true. Imagine if you'd got out of the bleachers or the stands, on the track, in your lane. You're not fighting over someone else's lane anymore. But you've got a huge backpack on. Like the Royal Marines use when they go out on manoeuvre. I mean, huge backpack filled with stuff that you don't need. Paul's saying, get rid of the backpack. Get rid of the stuff that slows you down. Get rid of anything that could stop you running your race with your church and with your life. But isn't it interesting that then Paul separates being held by sins? Now again, when we mention the word sin, we're not talking about, um, you know, the top three, like sex and alcohol and addiction. We're talking, when God looks at sin, he looks as pride as, as bad as any other sin. And if you're on the track and you're out of the bleachers, you're in your lane, you've got rid of your baggage. All right. But you've got someone hanging onto your leg. (laughs) That's what sin does. It ensnares. If you go through the woods in Alabama and stick in a bear trap, you ain't really going to go anywhere else. Because you're ensnared. So God's saying to us, I want every one of you running. Make sure you've got the baggage out of your life now. It's no time to carry baggage. But also, get yourself unsnared. I don't know whether it's baggage or ensnarement, but I'm talking about unforgiveness. It's time to forgive anyone that you've not forgiven. It's time to get rid of any pride that's pride and you know it's pride. It's time to get rid of stuff like self-entitlement, bitterness. Get rid of that junk. Why? Because you're ready to run. You're ready to run. Now, I also want to call you as a church to be individuals who have set their heart on running. Now, I was at a funeral um, a few months ago that really had a profound effect on my life because it reminded me of something that I'd forgotten about, that I'd actually not heard about since I was a kid. And what I heard about, that I'm going to share with you in a moment, 
is actually the thing that should fuel your personal race with God. Because if your race is being fueled by position, opportunity, that's not right. Every one of us should be running because of something else that fuels our life. I want to share with you what I believe that is. I was at the funeral of a dear friend. He'd become a, a dear friend. And his name was Pastor Colin Urquhart. And a uh, real legend in the land. A man who could truly say that he'd seen revival. Truly. Other people claim it. He'd truly seen it. He lived in it for about 50 years. And he went off to glory. He went to be with Jesus and I had the privilege of being at his um, celebration of life service to take part in that. And at the end of his celebration of life service, they used this verse that I thought was absolutely wonderful to describe his life. And it was found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. But it was while they were reading it, something jumped out and slapped me around the face. We call that revelation. All right. When you're reading the Logos and suddenly Logos reaches and goes, like I did with Chloe. Go slap All right. I'm still repenting for that. See, all right. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. You start to read, and as you're picking up in verse 6, it says, this is what they read at Pastor Colin's funeral. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Ah, oh, these are the words I want to say in my closing days. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. What was he saying? I finished my race. I didn't finish his race, her race. I was a part of our race. But most importantly, I'm going to look my saviour in the eyes and say, I finished my race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which is the winner's crown, which the Lord, the righteous one, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Isn't that amazing? But what comes next is absolutely astounding. And not only to me, but also everyone else who lived with a longing of, my, of the return of Christ. When I sat there listening to these verses, suddenly something jumped out. And I want it to jump out at you today. There's a crown to be won by every follower of Jesus Christ. Well, it's like righteousness. God will give one to everyone. No, he won't. The righteousness is inherent based upon his performance. His righteousness belongs to all who believe. But this crown belongs to those who ran. There's two words for crown in the Bible. One is um, diadem, which is the crown that belongs to him alone, our king. But then there's another crown word, and it's used here, it's also used in the back of Revelations, Stephanos. And Stephanos means the crown, I can give you the definition, it says the wreath or garland given as a prize to those who victoriously won in public games. The Bible is saying to us today, I don't know how to put this politely, there's a crown, man. There's a crown. There's a crown that Jesus Christ is going to give to every person that spent their life running for him. <laughs> that crown will make everything you thought was success mean nothing. There's a crown, man. Why should I be in ministry? Why should I serve it? There's a crown, man. Don't run because of a position. Don't run because of incentive. You do this, you get that. Run because there's a crown, man. That one day, one day we're going we're gonna to see him. And Paul's saying when we see him, he'll be taking a crown that was in store with our name on it.
and he's going to give us a crown. Obviously, we'll take those crowns and we'll <laughs> cast them at his feet. Do you know, Queen Victoria was a bit of an unusual queen. But I love one statement that she made. She said, I long to see the second coming of Jesus. Though I have the privilege to cast the crown that was given to me at his feet. There's a crown to be won for you as a church. But you've got to understand there's a crown for you to be winning because of what you choose to do in this life for Jesus Christ. Billy Graham's going to get his crown because he did what God asked him to do. We're going to get our crown because Jesus asked us to do something and sometimes Jesus asks us to do something through church leaders it's amazing how we confuse things isn't it it's like if I say how many people want to spend their life serving Jesus and everybody pops their hand up okay do you know that the way you serve Jesus is to serve others right the way that we serve Jesus is to serve each other and recognize each other as the body of Christ in serving each other, in serving the lost, we serve him. There's a crown to be won. You know, people said, I wonder what it was like for Pastor Colin Everkart when he went to heaven. And somebody actually asked me, they said, you know, what's your thoughts? Are you sad? And I said, selfishly, like all grief, when we lose someone, they're okay, they're not worrying about us if they knew the Lord, are they? But we miss them. I said, selfishly, I miss my old friend. I said, but all that pain dissipates. In the moment when I think of that old man that spent 60 years plus of his life in heaven, opening his eyes, and seeing the Christ that he'd served. Every battle he faced was worth it. Every false accusation that he kept was worth it. But when he opened his eyes, and that Jesus was holding the crown, <laughs> and he was giving him a crown, and he was saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my joy. I know, Colin, you can pray resurrection or you like. He ain't coming back. <laughs> He'd been trying to get there for years. What are you living for? What are you giving your life for? What does it profit a man, a woman, if they gain the whole world? Have the applause of all men. They lose their soul. I want to encourage you. Lockdown is over. It's a new day. Make sure you're not wearing COVID slippers anymore because that's so last season. But actually understand that this is the time to run. As you get ready to plant this next congregation, you'll do that easy if enough of you are running. If a few of you are running, it'll be hard work. But if enough of you are running, open another congregation in the evening. In September, walk in the park should have done this years ago. But it's about how many people leave the stands and join the church on the track. How many people come onto the track and say, I actually don't care anymore what lane you put me in. I'll do whatever you want because I'm running to see Jesus get that which he deserves. There's one other time, I'll probably close with this, but there's one other place where um, I'm really moved by the thought of this winner's crown, because actually you've got to see the crown beyond any challenge or excuse you're currently living behind. You know, so much of... The modern church is driven by natural incentive. It's really bad. Let's come back to a point 
But the thing that gets us out of bed in the morning, the thing that keeps us walking in holiness. Remember, you don't become holy. You are holy. If you confuse being with becoming, you'll spend your life trying to make yourself what you can't ever be because he's already made you it. We live from what he's caused us to be. Amen? But it's time for us to run. It's time to be that people that belong to him. That people that, come on, let, let's do this. Let's go with this. But you read about a church in, in um, Revelations 2 verse 10. And it was the church of Smyrna. And it's a shocking statement because you read the pastor of a church for Smyrna. Come and stand before his congregation on a Sunday morning and say, I've got a letter from Jesus for you. Because notice the words in Revelations are written in red. They're letters from Jesus to the church. And uh, I had a strange thought this morning on this. You do know, I don't know why I've got to say this, but I feel I have to. You do know the level of commitment your pastors have, don't you? But they would lay down their lives for Jesus. You need to know that. These are not hirelings. I know these people. Do you know that they would give their lives for Jesus Christ? I don't know why I said that. Someone needed to hear that. But you've got this moment in Shmona where the pastor stands up and he says, Hey, good morning, church. How are you? There's a few people not happy with us. And there's every chance that they could come this week and drag you away. And your crime is you believe in Jesus. And they're going to take you, but if you don't deny him for 10 days, you'll receive a winner's crown. Sounds great, doesn't it? But you actually under, need to understand what was happening. But what they were doing in that time, because the emperor had ordained himself as God, anyone that wouldn't acknowledge him and acknowledge Christ, they would come and snatch them and they would imprison them for 10 days and they would torture their families and they would torture their wives and their children in front of them and they would torture them. And if they didn't deny Jesus after 10 days, they weren't let free. They had a choice normally of two things. The first thing was you were thrown in an amphitheater to entertain the Romans. The second thing that happened was you were burnt at the stake. And so what he was actually saying in that message was, listen, there's every chance because you're a follower of Jesus Christ that someone may grab you and you could be tortured for 10 days. But it's okay if you don't deny God, you'll receive a winner's crown, Stephanus. And it's interesting because... The pastor at Smyrna was a spiritual son of John. And remember John, the man they boiled in oil and they couldn't, they couldn't kill him because the oil inside of him was, was a lot hotter. <laughs> Apparently, within the next couple of weeks, they took the pastor from the church in Smyrna and they tortured him for 10 days, but he wouldn't deny Christ. And then they tried to burn him to death, but he wouldn't catch light. Amazing. They couldn't kill his spiritual father, so in the end they ran him through with a sword. We're coming into times where we're going to need to take a stand for Jesus Christ. We're going to need to say, no, he's more than a Sunday experience. He's more than something that's a part of my life because I was born in a Christian nation. He's my saviour. He's my king. Another thing I felt the Lord say to tell some people today is he's not your president, he's your king. But God wants to bring upon the ramp a fresh sense of his majesty. But he can't do it until you see him as king. As long as you treat him like a president, you won't experience the majesty of God that he wants you to experience. But the moment he becomes king, oh, the anointing's going to lift incredible. So again, I know this is a bit bitty, but I'm kind of, just speaking to you as a church. We've got to know what season we're in. We need to know what we're to do. But it isn't season to sit and watch. There's a world that's dying. There's a world that's confused. There's a world that desperately needs Jesus. The fields have never been riper than they are right now. Imagine what can happen when we deliver soul winning from a stage experience that happens once a week 
to a lifestyle experience where everyone sees themselves as a follower of Jesus Christ and everyone says, Lord, use my life each week to reach others. See, what's happening there is like a picture of people coming down from the bleachers and standing on the track. I'm ready to run, Pastor Joe. I'm ready to run. These meetings you want to do in the evening. Sorry I wasn't really that involved in my head. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. How many do you need on team? I'm in. I'm in. Have you got enough on the planting team yet? Hey, I just want to repent. I was going to watch Netflix instead of being involved. I'll just repent. I'll lay that before the Lord now and just apologize for that. I'm just going to lay aside that box series. It's gone. It's gone. I'm going to take off my COVID slippers because it's so last season. I'm going to put on my um, Issachar trainers and I'm going to join you on the track. Come on, let's get the world saved. We've got to have a big vision. We've got to begin to dream big. I felt the Lord saying to me a couple of weeks ago, I love that prophetic message that came today. Dream big. Imagine again. Imagine. Because we're no longer in the season of managing. We're now in the season of anything can happen. And I felt God say, begin to imagine again. Begin to imagine again. Begin to imagine again. I thought, all right. All right, I'm going to imagine. So when I get up in the morning now and I pray, I say, thank you, Jesus, that you're going to use my life to change the world. To change the world. Come on, let's change the world together. Let's get on the track and say, what better thing could I spend my life on? But let's be fueled, and I hope you'll never forget that thought. But Paul tells us that there's a crown to be won. And all you need to do is be a part of a race to get your crown. God isn't mocked. He's not going to give token crowns to make people feel good, like some sort of socialist experiment. He can't lie. It's impossible. And I've had people say to me, I can't wait to go to heaven one day and hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. I said, just stop there a moment. When were you good? When were you faithful? And I completely missed the moment you served. God wants to give you a crown. God wants to one day when you see him face to face, he wants to give you a crown with your name on it. Oh, that we would live not for the temporal rewards of a life that's merely momentary in the grand scheme of eternity. But our hearts would be set on eternity to be living our lives and spending our lives for that one day when we see him face to face. And truly we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Ramp, it's time to run. It's time to run. It's time to not just run, but run your best lap yet. I look back over my life. Did God leave? Did God leave then? I went back over my life. I didn't say anything. Wrong. Oh, he's back, he's back, he's back, he's back. Don't you love a keyboard? The keyboard is basically when they said, time to shut up, now you're done. You know, it's... It is. Whenever the keyboard player comes, it's nice. It's nice. We do it as well. We do it as well. But it's kind, it's kind of, you know, you get the... Because oh, I'm a part, you're not... And it's time to wind this up now. People have got things to do. You're done now. You've got about five minutes to bring this in. Gina's actually bought one for our home. That's enough now, Andy. <laughs> Let's wrap this up now. When I look back on my life, I look back and I, I look at, I've been walking with the Lord about 30 years now since I came back. And I look back on some laps and I'm like, Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> if laps are years, I'm like, oh, let's just forget about that one. 
I look back on other laps and I'm like, it was all right. Yeah, I want a bad year. My best was all right. I look at other years and I'm like, I was awesome. <laughs> you never admit it, but inside, you know, <coughs> that year, if I was wine, that was the year they'll be buying. <laughs> We've all got laps behind us, haven't we, eh? But God's not interested in any of them. He's saying, whether you've got good laps, bad laps, downright ugly laps that you don't want to talk about, it's about this lap. Ramp Church, you are on the edge of a phenomenal breakthrough that's going to make what you've seen in the last five or six years look like a minute in comparison to what God's going to add to you. But one of the keys to coming into that is as many people coming onto the track with one heart to see it happen. But also as many people looking in the mirror saying, forgetting what lays behind forgetting what lays behind. Even that exceptional year where I was really good. Forgetting what lays behind. I now reach forward to run my best lap yet. And I'm not running it to hear your applause. I'm not running it to get a position. I'm not running it for any other reason. But I know there's a crown, man. There's a crown in heaven with my name on it. And that crown is mine if I will live and spend my life on the King and His Kingdom with this life here on earth. If I will give this life to Him, one day when I close my eyes to this life, He'll be standing there. <laughs> He'll be standing there with a crown with my name on it. The winner's crown. Father, we thank You. Thank You, Father. Maybe you're here today and you've never even joined the race team yet. Maybe you're here and you're visiting and you say, well, I'm actually not even a Christian yet. Or I was, but I've drifted away. But I know it's time to come back. I'm not coming back to a religion. I'm coming back to a person. I'm not coming back to religious procedures. I'm coming back to a holy calling where God could use my life to make a difference. And I just want to give a moment of opportunity right here at the end. Just to say, if there's anyone here, I'm going to pray two prayers today, all right? Two prayers today. The first one is going to be for anyone here that's never given their life to Jesus or has wandered away. And the Holy Spirit's drawing you back today to make a decision to be fully His. Fully His. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? Let's just pray this simple prayer together. God doesn't need complicated prayers. Let's just pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You that Jesus died on the cross for me and as me so that through identification I am born again to a brand new life a new creation free indeed I receive your salvation just by every eyes closed every head's bowed if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you know today you need to get the book straight with him you need to say, my life is yours. I want you just to ever so quickly, when I count to three, just lift your hand. That's all I'm going to ask of you. Just to say, I've believed that in my heart. 
And now I'm confessing that's my prayer. Today it all changes in my life. Come on, what have you got to lose? You've got nothing to lose, you've got everything to gain. This one moment could start a chain reaction bigger and better than you ever dreamed. One, two, here we go. Three, right now, if there's anyone here, that's it, God bless you, keep your hand nice and bold in the hair. One, two, three, four, five, that's awesome, six, come on, no one's calling anyone a sinner, we're saying, come on, let's run to him, let's run to him. Is there a seven? Seven, that's amazing, thank you for your courage. Is there an eighth person you say, me too, me too, me too, I'm in Andy, I'm in, I'm in, I come to the cross today, I'm in. Just going to keep it just a couple of seconds. Father, I thank you for those seven who have responded, whether for the first time or it's a coming back prayer. Holy Spirit, fill them right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and your heart is saying, I'm ready to run my race. I'm ready to run our race. Remember, it's two races. You can pop your hands down now. If you're here today and you're saying, I'm ready to run my best lap yet for Jesus Christ. I've got rid of my COVID slippers. They were not comfortable anyway. I'm putting on my Issachar trainers, better than Nikes any day of the week. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run my race, but also I'm ready to come out of spectating and join the team on the track. But if God wants to change Manchester through us, I'm in it. I don't care what I do. I just want to be on the team. I want my crown, man. I want my crown. Don't stop me getting my crown, Pastor. Give me something to do. There's a crown. I've seen it this morning. I saw that there's a crown in heaven with my name on it. And I get that crown by serving Jesus. I'm going to get that crown. Ain't no one going to stop me. If you're here today and you say, I'm ready to help us run our best race ever. I want you to stand to your feet because I want to pray over you. If, if you're not ready, that's fine. Stay seated. I love an honest heart. But if you're saying it's time, it's time, it's time. The prison doors open. It's time. It's not time and sit to, to sit and meditate. It's time to run. It's time to run my best lap yet. It's time to cast off my baggage, get unsnared. It's time to begin to get myself fit like an athlete. I'm not going to punch the air. I'm in it to win it. Jesus Christ is real. Life really is something that will one day end on this planet. It really will. One day Jesus Christ is coming back. I'm going to make sure that there's thousands of people that go with Him because I dared to serve. I'm running for my crown. Life, you can't give me a crown. Simon Cow, you can't give me a crown. Millionaires Row, you can't give me a crown that compares to the one that's been promised to me. And from this day, I'm going to run my best race for Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands all over this place. Just lift your hands all over this place. Come on, we're surrendering all to Him today. Oh, there's a great race ahead of us, but there's an army on its feet. Oh, the last five or six years have been marvellous, but our best days are not coming there upon us. God's moving the stage for what He's about to do next. All across the country, pastors are moving, churches are shifting. God is getting ready for what He's going to do next. And it's going to be the biggest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's ever been seen. Here we are, God. Here we are, God. Here we are, God. Lord, they're dropping their backpacks. 
Lord, they're dropping their backpacks. They're coming out of the stands. They're coming to the racetrack. Oh, Rabasia Rabababa Katara Masando Rabasoa Kiatara Masendea Kabase Tiaba Sandara Mandora Basia Takaba Motea la base Ketea la Manda Robose Ketea la Masetea Shonda Karaba Sandora Basia la Bala Teaba Kasanda Marama Sandaya Kabase If you knew the time, you wouldn't hold back. Heaven says today, if you knew what time it was, you could no longer stay seated. If you knew what time it was, heaven's shifting about to do something across Manchester. Knew what time it was, you'd come out from every excuse that ever held you. If you knew where we stood in time, we would have no excuse. Father, I just speak a blessing over Ramp Church. I thank you for the laps they've run. I thank you for the one that they've they've run even this week, but I thank you for the one that's coming next. I speak and prophesy over them. Their best lap yet. Their best lap yet. What took a year will take a week. What took a year will take a week. What took a year will take a week. How they grew in a month, they'll grow in a day. Lord, you're accelerating things over their lives today. You're calling them onto the harvest field, the racetrack. And I just speak over to them. You ain't said nothing yet. Oh, 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 baby. You just ain't seen nothing yet. Come on, let's give it. 